there, business animals. It's Kim, and I just want to share a few things about the episode that you're about to listen to with Lindsay Ardmore. I actually met Lindsay a couple of years ago through a shared affiliation that her and I have through Keep, which is a CRM software. And I have admired Lindsay since the day I met her and how well she does with her business. She's an inspiration to me and I know she's going to be to you as well. And when I found out that Lindsay had a segment of her business devoted to veterinarians through the automated vet, I was like, we have to have her on the podcast. So as you're listening to the interview today, Karen and I would like for you to listen for these big three takeaways that we had. One is to become aware of all of the people that are looking at your business. There's lots of eyeballs, as Lindsay calls it, looking at your business and understand how even taking a small portion of those eyeballs and converting them into customers can make a dramatic shift in your business. The second one is to move from being a reactionary business owner into being a responsive business owner. And I think this has to focus a lot on building that relationship relationship and Lindsay has some amazing wisdom for you about how to build better relationships with your clients. And then the final piece of wisdom that came out of this interview that I think impacted both Kara and I was how we need to break these old professional patterns that really no longer serve our industry. Whether you're a veterinarian or an entrepreneur or an equine dentist, all of those businesses a lot of times came with these old expectations of how we have always done it. And it's 2021. And Lindsay has some really valuable insight about how shifting away from those old patterns can not only create better business and more revenue, but also create healthier business owners that are more joyful and more mentally healthy and excited about their business and then also have a life away from that business. So pay special attention to that particular part of the interview. We hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, here is Lindsay Ardmore. Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. This is Kim with Be More Business. And I'm Kara Taylor Swift with Fast Horse Photography. And welcome to The Business Animal. Today, we have a great guest for you. We have Lindsay Ardmore of The Automated Vet. And Lindsay is a spectacular automation expert, entrepreneur, multifaceted entrepreneur. And I'll, I'm going to read her bio real quick so you can get to know her a little bit right before our interview here. So Lindsay Ardmore has a passion for equine vets and their practices because because she has horses and always seems to be needing one. That's true of all of us, Lindsay. <laughs> For the past four years, Lindsay has dedicated her life to helping thousands of entrepreneurs grow their businesses without sacrificing any more time to do it. She has developed award-winning systems and processes that have saved thousands of hours and created hundreds of thousands of dollars. As the owner of the automated vet, she believes all equine veterinarians deserve more, more revenue, more consistency, and more peace. Whether you're a solo mobile vet, a clinic, or a busy multi-vet practice, you'll be amazed at how much money you are leaving on the barn floor. <laughs> welcome, welcome Lindsay. Lindsay, to the business animal. Hi, thank you for having me, ladies. 
We're so excited to have you. And I love when we get to have fellow horse owners on the show. So I'm pretty stoked about that. I was just checking out your cutie on your Instagram and I'm going to just encourage people right now to head over there and check it out. We'll make sure we leave those handles for everyone. I'm really excited to talk about this topic. I actually have the opportunity to photograph veterinarians pretty regularly to make sure that they have visual content for their practices. But I, before we dig really deeply into that, I would love if you would just talk to us a little bit about what motivated you to become an entrepreneur. Oh, that is such a good question. It takes me back almost five years ago. I've been in business for five years now, and I was chief operating officer of a business consulting company. Never imagined leaving that world. I loved my job. It was so much fun. And I ended up getting pregnant. And the minute they laid that baby on my chest, I was like, I am never going back to work. Oh. And I had, <laughs> I had this, I had this vision. I kept telling my husband, I just need $500 a month. I kept saying, I just need $500. I don't know why $500 was the number because like I, we definitely needed more than $500 a month. That's like but, diapers alone, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. And I just didn't, I didn't compute it in my brain. But from that moment on, within five days, I had replaced my corporate income. And I was like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm meant to be doing. And I've been in business for five years this year. Wow. Congratulations. That's incredible. Thank you. That is incredible. And how old is your child now? Daughter, son? She'll be five in August. Oh, <laughs> so the business will be five. This is basically the same day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really feel that because having my son, he's going to be eight in a couple of weeks. Having my son really was a big spurring moment for me that helped me kind of start the initial transition to becoming an entrepreneur as well. Oh, I love that. I think it creates a fire inside of you. Very cool. Well, why don't we start out by you telling us what do you feel is the number one mistake that you see animal-based businesses and veterinarian practices making? Oh, this is a good one. So this is something that I have, I think this is across the board in so many businesses, but definitely animal-based businesses, veterinarian practices, they ignore the prospect. They ignore the person that's not a client yet. And they have a very reactive business. So think about like, getting Facebook messages. Hey, when are you going to be out in my area or getting phone calls? If you're a vet, just waiting, waiting, waiting for people to show up. Right. But that's not, that's not a control thing, right? You can't control that. It's very reactive. It's not proactive and you can't really forecast anything in the business. Right. And so that's why a lot of practices or a lot of animal-based businesses find themselves wondering, why is this not doing what I want it to be doing? Why am I not getting filled up? Why am I, why is my calendar looking how it looks or why am I not making the money that I want to make? And it's because most animal-based practices completely ignore the 90% of people who are floating around them and just focus on the people that are actively calling them. And that's a huge mistake that they make. And just fixing that little thing inside of their business will increase revenue almost immediately because it creates a pathway for people to go from prospect to client quickly. So when you say prospect, just to confirm, you're talking about the consumers that are just out there and maybe they haven't made a decision on who they're going to be working with yet. Yeah. So think about this. If you're doing any type of animal practitioner, right? So you're looking for a groomer for your dog. You're looking for a vet to maybe do a lameness exam or, you know, you're, you're considering maintenance on your horse or something like that. People do research. This is the age of research. People are on Google, Facebook all the time looking up other people. And so 
you would be surprised how many eyeballs, I always say to my vets, I always say, you have eyeballs on your business that you have no idea are looking at you. And just imagine how many eyeballs, AKA your prospects, are out there floating around who would be interested in working with you, but they have no idea how to take that next step or if you're the right person to take that next step with. You're asking them to kind of take a leap and call you or get you out before they've even gotten to know you, which is very different than very traditional business. Yeah, and it's such an intimate relationship that force owners have with veterinarians. I mean, you really do wanna know the person who is working on your horse. And I know, Lindsay, you shared a really cool story with me about how this idea first came to you that maybe connects with that. Would you share that story with us real quick? Of course. I moved from Utah last year. Well, I guess in 2019, I moved from Utah to Ocala, Florida. And I brought my mare with me and it was great. She actually had a wipeout and I had to, I Googled and found an emergency vet. They had an ambulatory fleet uh, that would send somebody out to me. And I really, really liked that vet. So I kept using that vet. Her name's Dr. Sam. She's absolutely amazing. I think she's adorable. Well, fast forward about a year, my horse jumps from a standstill out of a five foot pen and gets a giant splinter the size of a pinky finger inside of her. I didn't know that. Man, they're good at hurting yeah. themselves. She's so talented. Man. Wow, they are talented. <laughs> so this is all happening. And meanwhile, the reason she was in a pen was because I thought, oh, maybe she's having a laminitic episode. Like she's a little tender. The farrier just came out. But I was just, I'm an anxious over worrier. Anyways, so this horse has this avocado sized lump on her. She's a little tender. So I call Dr. Sam out and I say, Dr. Sam, please help me. Come help me. I don't know what's going on. I need help. And so what ends up happening is Dr. Sam comes out. She takes x-rays of her feet. There's nothing going on. She's like, she just has tender feet and you know, it'll be okay here. Let's toughen them up. She says, after looking at that avocado sized lump on the side of my horse, she goes, you know what? Just keep doing what you're doing. She probably has a couple splinters. They're going to keep coming out because I had already pulled out a tiny little splinter. Fast forward seven days. It hasn't healed. It's oozing. It's pussing. It's scary. But I had been tending it so well that the wound was closing. And so we were getting to the point where there, there ain't going to be any more splinters popping out of that because it's going to be completely closed up and then it's who knows what's going to happen? And it was still gross. So I take my horse to a new farrier at my trainer's house. Coincidentally, her veterinarian's there. And without even thinking about it, I was like, sure, no problem. Have him look at her. Like, it's not a big deal. A vet is a vet, right? Well, there's a problem and I'll get back to that in a second. But he ends up ultrasounding her. He ends up digging four inches deep and pulls out a pinky sized splinter out of her and staples her up. And then before he goes, he says, give me a call in two weeks and we'll come pull those staples out. And as he's pulling away, like the first thought that pops into my brain is, wow, I would never let my clients do that. There are so many red flags here as a business owner and as a business coach that I'm like, oh, I can't handle it. And then that night I was laying down in bed and I don't, don't judge me, everybody listening to this, but I was laying down in bed and I felt like complete prompting. I was like, I need to take my magic and the things that I've been working on for the past five years to equine vets because I love vets. I wanted to be a vet and that business is so hard, but it's unnecessarily hard. And there are multiple issues with what I experienced today that are complete red flags to me. 
And those red flags are, I didn't care that Dr. Sam that I loved, she has no idea that Sasa was treated by this other vet. Has no idea. That's a problem, right? Problem number two, he was just available and was just there. Didn't take my information, just took a check from me and said, call me in two weeks. That's a problem because there's no accountability there. There's no loyalty built. There's no trust built. There's no, hey, I'll see you in two weeks. This is the day and time and this is where you need to be. I would have been there. There's none of that team aspect. It's very transactional. And those types of things, that's what happens in the veterinarian and most probably animal businesses, animal-based businesses, is it's very transactional, very reactionary. And there's not a whole lot of trust being built on the inherent trust that we already have for our veterinarians. Yeah, it sounds like it's missing. There's follow-up that's not happening there. There's none of the nurturing that we talk about in terms of building relationship. And like you said, the loyalty side of it, like you're not building loyalty. There's so many things there. Wow, what a story, Lindsay. Well, it came out of my mare getting a splinter and I wish I hadn't had to go through that to realize that I really should be supporting the veterinary industry. Like they're my favorite people. They're so talented. They're so wonderful. They just need a little bit of business help. Your equine-based business has unique needs. It's your job to tell the story of your horse brand. You know what you want to say, but creating or finding powerful storytelling images that grab the attention of your ideal client can be a challenge, especially when you're busy running your business. That's why equine industry business leaders turn to Fast Horse Photography and a library featuring thousands of searchable images available for businesses just like yours. And guess what? 100% of those images are horse-related, now, finding the right horse images for your website, social media, and all your other needs is easier than ever. Find the perfect images for your equine business right now at FastHorsePhotography.com. That's FastHorsePhotography.com. Well, probably Sasso knew they needed help and was like, here, I got you guys. Let me jump over a fence and get a splinter. <laughs> probably. I need you all to meet my really talented owner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, sometimes I like to think of that the horses do that rather than just going, hmm, I think I will uh, ring up a big vet bill today. Seriously, I was, I was so. like, this is quite the intense vet bill, but I'm glad it's out now. Well, I'm glad she's okay and that you're riding. And I do encourage you guys to go follow Lindsay because she has pictures of her horses on her Instagram account. So you get to get to see the mare who started all of this for the automated vet. Okay, so one thing is, is, is recognizing you know, you have prospects out there and just paying attention to your business. And I think this goes back to something that I have seen in my career when I work with entrepreneurs is entrepreneurs oftentimes don't set out to be entrepreneurs. <laughs> Karen and I did a whole episode on this called The Accidental Entrepreneur. Most of the time, they're, they're like you mentioned, they're passionate about animals. They become veterinarians because they want to be veterinarians. They want to take the splinter out of the horse. They don't want to pay attention to the client. And many, many times they don't have a lot of business education. I work with a lot of professionals in fields like doctors, dentists, people who they go to school, they have a great amount of education in what it is that they do, but nobody prepares them. They just launch them out into the world and say, here, go service these people, but they have no idea about how to run a business. And I think that a lot of our listeners fall into that camp. So you're in your audience element here when you talk about that 
because I don't think they cognitively walk into their business understanding how to work with clients. So what you're telling us is that we all need to pay better attention to the eyes that are on us all of the time. And then what is your next piece of advice? What would you say once we kind of have that realization, what would be the next thing? So those eyeballs are so important, right? And I know you guys have done some episodes and and things that would help them take advantage of those eyeballs and making sure that people actually are connected to you. And one of the biggest things that I see equine vets do or not do is the fact that a lot of us that pay equine vets, right? We have that desire to have the relationship, right? And that starts before being a client. That's that whole like team vibe. You know, I don't know if you guys watch the Olympics or follow any of the Olympians, but they always talk about our team, our team, our team. Well, a lot of us women, like <laughs> we want to have that too. We want to have a vet that we can text or ask questions to and not feel like we're totally feeling like, you know, a burden or, you know, obviously we don't want to take advantage and that's, that's a boundary for our vets to hold. But I think one of the biggest things is making sure that we're nurturing or being nurtured and being loved on. And that's something that a lot of business, um, animal-based businesses don't do. Vets are notoriously bad at this. No offense, my friends. It's hard to nurture and be on top of all the things when you run a reactive business. And so really making sure that you're inviting people to step into your aura, if you will, um, stepping into your community, really connecting with you on a deeper level before they're a client. Because that trust, there's already, we already talked about this, there's already inherent trust. You know you need a vet. I have a, a finger-sized splinter in my horse. Like, of course I need to have a vet out, but there's that, there's that next step, right? There's like that true connection there. And vets have a really, really awesome opportunity because they have that inherent trust already built they just need to connect with the person. And I remember when I was preparing to go to vet school, I don't know if I shared this with you, Kim, before, but I really wanted to go to vet school. And that was something that was really important to me. And one of my, I think it was a proctorship that I was in, one of the people, one of the other students in that class were like, I wanna be a doctor, but I don't wanna deal with people. And the reality is, is vets, you deal with more people than you deal with animals. All animal-based businesses, you might be in it for the passion of animals, but you're dealing with the people and the people are the ones that need to be nurtured and loved on. And that's a, that's a really big tip to take away from this is, you know, even if it's as simple as responding with an emoji, you know, like a little <laughs> smiley face, that goes a long way for ladies like me. Yeah, it does. A thumbs up even. Yes. <laughs> I get that. So Lindsay, we've got some ears perked up here on this topic. How do you recommend they take some steps, some tangible steps to be able to institute being more conscientious about the relationships that they build in their businesses? I'm going to interrupt you for just a second. And I would just add to that caveat. Like I think about professions that have high suicide rates, for example, and veterinarians are right up there at the top of that list. So when I think about that, I think about how busy they are and how the trauma and heartache that they must see on a regular basis, but also just how stretched they are. So I think about that in terms of veterinarians, but also these other animal-based business owners that are out there just hustling, trying to meet all of the demands. And so what we're talking about here is them shifting their thought processes around nurturing clients. And it's almost, it almost, we have to be careful because I feel like it feels like we're asking them to do more. How do you talk about that in a way that is sensitive to the fact that we want to make their animal business more successful, their personal well-being around their career more comfortable and productive. How do we how do we talk about that along those same lines? 
That is such a good question. And I appreciate you bringing that up because everything that I've shared today is completely automated or could be completely automated, right? The things that you can do to love on people and capture your eyeballs, right? Capture that attention, bringing people into something called like an email list, you know, like really, really creating a space for yourself so that you can get out of the middle. Vets don't need to be doing anymore. For example, if you have, a lot of vets don't have websites, um, but if you, they did have a website, I have a client that lives in Utah and she has a website. It's not super amazing. It's one page, but she has all these eyeballs on her all the time. And when I say all these eyeballs, when we go look at her past 30 days, she has 750 unique visitors on her website in a month. That's wild. She's not doing any marketing. She's not active on Instagram. That's just inherent that comes, right? And if she had a way to capture even just 10% of those people, just 10% coming onto an email list, getting nurtured and loved on completely automatically without her doing anything, that could be, you know, potentially 75 new clients, which might sound overwhelming to some vets, but that's where you have control. That's where you have predictability. That's where you can get like, bring on an associate maybe. Like there's a lot of opportunity that's completely being missed. And one of the biggest things in my business for the past five years is growing a business that serves you and you're not serving the business. And what vets do is they're coming out of vet school with a very expensive degree and a really low paying job. And that's a lot of the reason why we have such high suicide rates in this industry. It's a lot of the reason why it's such a hard industry. And when you talk to some of the old timers, they're like, don't be a vet, don't be a vet. But that's not the industry. That's how it's been crafted for the past, you know, 50 years. But looking at who's graduating now and the types of people that are getting into the veterinary industry, there's a million things that they could be doing to set themselves up for success that they never have to do again. For example, like I just said, putting some lead capture or creating a lead magnet and putting it on their website. You know, having a couple emails that say, here's how you can book me for a consultation. Here's, here's why I'm serving in lameness, right? There's so many little tiny things that don't take a lot of time, but make a massive impact that vets aren't doing, which would really shift the entire industry from reactive to proactive and create actual control, sustainability, scalability in the practices instead of having a really expensive degree and a really low paying job. Every small business owner wants to gain traction in their marketing. After three decades of working with small business owners just like you, I have developed what I call my 4x4 marketing method. In just one 90-minute session, you'll discover the four major focus areas of a successful marketing plan, and together we'll uncover where your business is getting stuck. You'll leave the session with an action plan of next steps that engage your revenue engine. Drop by bemorebusiness.com to request your session today. That's B-E-M-O-R-E business.com. See you there. We've got to break the mold of how we have created some of these professional businesses, whether it be doctors, whether it be dentists, whether it be lawyers, there's a way that we've done it for centuries. And we've put people in these professions and positions where they have expectations on them that are absolutely ridiculous in our modern culture and society. They're not the way that that profession wants to do business. They're not the way clients want to do business, but because it's the way we've always done it, we tend to do that. And I see that specifically, like you said, with veterinarians, they don't advertise, they don't build relationships. They don't do anything to nurture those relationships. And it's more than about doing business 
business. It's about changing their passion. I tell people that like my entrepreneurs, my big thing is to get people to be sustainable in entrepreneurism. In other words, most of us don't want to retire from the jobs that we have when we're entrepreneurs. We, I want to do this until I literally cannot do it anymore. And I think a lot of veterinarians are in that same position. They're, they're doing it until they literally cannot do it anymore, until they can't get out and see the animals. But in order to do that, we have to take into account our mental health and we also have to rely on our support system. And when you put a profession like a veterinarian or a doctor or a dentist or any of those up into this realm where we say this is the way we expect you to behave and these are, we don't expect to have that relationship. We don't know how to support you as clients. You take them out of that ecosystem and you, they lose their support. And then that's where you run into so many problems with mental health is they don't have that underlying support to fall back on, to get back in touch with their why and know why they're doing it, which I know just got us way off topic. But I, I think it's a huge realization and it's it's a huge realization for all entrepreneurs. Most of you probably didn't go to, you know, when they asked you what you wanted to be on career day, <laughs> you didn't think I want to bake dog cookies or... <laughs> You know, or or I want to get up at 5 a.m. and run a business. <laughs> so that's a, a great point. Thank you for that, Lindsay. It's very important. I just totally resonate with what you just said, Kim, because I think that there is the shift in the industry, the shift in this entrepreneurial mindset, and whether vets want to believe they're entrepreneurs or not, they are. And that's a really huge thing. And, and one of the things I always talk about is the way it's been done for centuries, the way it's been done, you know, from the past 60, 70, 80 years is very different to the way it can be done today. And a lot of that has to do with who was graduating and starting vet practices and who is graduating and starting vet practices. As you guys probably know, there are more women graduating from vet school in the United States than men now, which is a huge shift. But part of that huge shift is being able to create a lifestyle business instead of just doing, you know, this vet job where they're showing up and doing everything for everyone. And, and one of the big things about that that I always share with our clients is you do not have to take calls at two o'clock in the morning. There are options. There are opportunities. There are ways for you to collaborate with other vets. There are so many incredible things that you can be doing where you can be done at six o'clock in the evening and go home, where you can start at 11. And one of the biggest things that I see is the belief that things can be different. A lot of vets don't necessarily believe that things can be different and the industry can shift, but the reality is it's gotta be the vets that do it right? They have to give us the boundary. They have to give us the new way of working. And as the consumer, as the prospect, we will fall in line gladly because it's going to shift into a place where we are being treated better, you know, more nurtured, more loved on that whole team vibe and have a closer connection with our veterinarians. And I think that that's a really important distinction to make is that we're in 2021 now, you know, this isn't the <laughs> 1800s. It's time we moved out of that. So Lindsay, what other advice would you have to offer for our listeners on how they can, again, institute this in their own businesses, maybe some good tangible steps or a good tangible first step that they could take? Yes, a good tangible first step that you can take, honestly, everyone is to get off of a spreadsheet and get yourself into like a CRM type platform. You know, there's plenty of them out there. I know, Kim, you recommend quite a few of them. And there are certain things that you guys could be doing 
such as getting email addresses. It's the first step, but it's a huge step. And you might be saying, Lindsay, I can't do that because it's awkward. You're already asking for information, you know, add it to your form, ask for it and start gathering those. Because if you have those, you have a serious opportunity in your business. And I don't want to go down the whole rabbit hole of automate this and automate that. And you can automate everything. But the reality is, all of you sweet animal-based businesses out there and my sweet vets is that you can automate the majority of this and not lift a finger. There are things that, yes, there takes a little bit of time, like setting up a three email welcome sequence, but you can do something like that and you can really generate a lot more revenue without doing anything. So a very easy first thing that you could do if you don't have a spreadsheet make yourself a spreadsheet if you have a spreadsheet of people or files in your google drive i've seen all of it trust me you can organize that a little bit better and start creating a list of people that are clients or people that were interested and you'll be surprised at how much business you're leaving on the table exactly well and see kara i'm not the only person who believes email marketing is highly important <laughs> i know okay so i'm going to take it back even a step further so if you're an animal-based business and you have the spreadsheet but you're also very busy just doing your job every day like do you recommend hiring someone to do that job temporarily for you like how do you recommend someone for someone to start that process when they've got a system that it might be kind of hobbled together, but it's working for them. But if they can visualize that it could be better, do you recommend someone hiring someone for that? Or what do you recommend? Yes, two things, two things. And one is probably gonna trigger everybody. But... Oh, great, here we go. Hold here, on, let me, hold on, let me get comfortable <laughs> in my seat. It'll be me, it'll be me that's triggered. One of the things that I notice a lot is that we wear a busy badge. And that busy badge might look like, I'm gonna fulfill packages. I'm gonna, you know, respond to people on Facebook messengers or comments or, you know, like we wear all these things and you're doing all the things and you feel like I'm working, you know, 12 hour days. I know my vets are like, I'm driving from farm to farm to farm to farm. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. And so you, you wear that badge, but the reality is, is I would love for you to look at what's revenue generating because something that's revenue generating that you need to be doing is, is a higher priority than rearranging the, the dog biscuits on the shelf, right? That's a huge, huge distinction. So I would love for all of the listeners here to figure out, write down what you're doing in a day and let's see what's actually making you money. And if it's not making you money, then either it can be put on the back burner for that moment so that you can get this kind of stuff done. Or if you're like, Lindsay, literally I'm on a farm call after farm call after farm call, I'm driving from place to place, I literally don't have any time, then that's the point where you need to outsource, right? And whether you outsource to someone who could help you and take a little bit like more of a delegation piece where you can have somebody helping you with some scheduling, have somebody help you be a little bit more organized and help get this stuff done. Or you come to somebody like us, the automated vet, where we actually implement all of this stuff for you. There are definite ways that you can get this done. It is a high priority because it is revenue generating. Just like I mentioned my client out in Utah with 750 website views, you know, that is a massive missed opportunity and so many animal-based businesses have that kind of opportunity. It's wild what you realize when you actually start looking at some numbers. Amazing, automate, delegate, figure it out, automate it, delegate it or do it. And one of the things you said triggered, and I do know people get triggered around this, but one thing I tell my clients is that, hey, if you love doing it, you don't have to give it up. 
even if it makes sense to automate it, it's okay. It's your business. You get to run it the way you want to run it. Yeah, you don't have to delegate it. So don't get triggered around that. There's so much experts can help you do and there's so much out there that'll make your business more joyful and you doing what you love and being able to also have time to sleep and breathe and spend time with your kids. Lindsay, do you have any final words of wisdom for us? You've given us a lot to go think about. <laughs> well, I hope so. I think the biggest thing is that it starts with you. Your business is your business, right? It's your entrepreneurial playground and you don't have to do business the way that, you know, people say you have to do it and you can do it how you want to do it. And if that looks like you want to arrange dog biscuits on the shelf and that makes you happy in your life because you're a Virgo and it feels great to do that, then <laughs> go and do it. You know, don't feel the pressure, but also recognizing that it starts with you and you are in complete control. This industry and all the animal industries are on this amazing, gorgeous transformation. And you can be a part of that, but you have to be willing to step into that and step up to make those changes. And it's a hundred percent possible. That's awesome. For those who want to learn more about you, Lindsay, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at theautomatedvet.com. That's also our social platforms on Instagram and Facebook. And then if you'd like to just connect with me and see some of my life and my horses, you can go to lindsayardmore.com. I'm the only one. <laughs> you can find me everywhere. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for joining us today. And I think you've imparted some great wisdom for our listeners. And I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. It's been so nice to chat with you guys. You too, Lindsay. Thank you. And it's always nice to have another Floridian on here. So <laughs> thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal. <laughs>